Hi, this is Liz, host of the Chit Chat Circus podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today, I'm going to be speaking about investing, specifically how I started investing with the app called Robinhood. Now, to begin, I must tell you that I am no kind of qualified financial advisor. I don't have a lot of experience in this. So before you go and use an app like Robinhood or buy a stock through a traditional brokerage or anything like that with your money on the line, be sure to do your research and or speak to a qualified financial advisor to make sure you're making the best decision possible in your particular situation. Now, with that said, let me give you a little bit of background on myself and why I felt this was a good call for my particular financial situation. I have only owned stock once before. It was some PG&E stock, about 200 shares of that, purchased by my grandmother when I was a young child. I think she purchased it in the early 80s and gave it to me and my middle sister. Now, this was a very good investment in the 80s. The company PG&E Pacific Gas and Electric was doing very well, and the stock paid a quarterly dividend at times as high as $120 every uh, quarter, four times a year, which was great. As a young child, I had very little need of that money, so my mother put it in a savings account. And by the time I was in junior high, I had a big chunk of change, about $2,000 that I used to help fund a study abroad, which was wonderful. Then over time, through um, bad business decisions and environmental practices, PG&E kept getting sued by people like Aaron Aaron Brockovich, if you've seen that movie. Their stock dividend went lower and lower, and eventually they stopped paying it um, altogether. And so... By the time I was um, in my early 30s, I wanted to do another study abroad. And so over the course of a few months, I went with a traditional brokerage, Charles Schwab, and I went online and gradually sold off all 200 shares of that and used that money to pay for um, a second year on a study abroad in Italy. So the stock was a very good investment. Not only did it pay for two study abroads, but um, it was... um, it was a good thing to have, and so I'm glad that I have it, and I'm glad I sold it off when it was still worth a little, worth something. However, that was it. It never occurred to me to use any of my working earnings to purchase more stock or to investigate how the stock market worked. In the 90s, it was without a computer. My family didn't get a computer until I graduated high school. It would have meant going through a traditional brokerage, and as a young kid in high school, I just didn't feel up for doing that, nor was it even on my radar. As I got in my 20s, My father, of course, encouraged me to save some of my earnings. I did not heed his advice, but the only savings I would have done was just keep an emergency fund in a interest-bearing savings account. That was pretty much the only way I knew to save money. Nobody in my family really did any kind of investing in stocks, and so the only way I knew to save money was putting it in the bank. Or in a piggy bank, but I mean, you know, that's not... um, that's not the kind of saving that I'm really, that I should have been focused on. So, because there, whether it's in a bank or a piggy bank, that's kind of the same. It's not really growing your money. So I didn't take the next step to do some research and to move forward in anything like that. So for many years, that's kind of what I did until recently when I was watching more YouTube videos. I, I was watching financial planning videos. Uh, as a woman in my 40s, it's kind of scary to not have anything really saved for retirement. So I want to fix it as soon as I can. So I started by watching all these financial videos, anywhere from Nate O'Brien to um, Andre Gique to Investing with Rose. These are some of the YouTube channels I was looking at. And I found some very good information. 
Investing with Rose has a great video called Seven Beginner Mistakes to Avoid. I will put a link to that in the description box. Some of her mistakes were not investing at all. Already done that. Waiting too late to invest, you know. I've waited longer than I should have, but I still have about 20 working years to make up for that. So I'll just do what I can. Then she has a bunch of other things as well. You know, not having an emergency fund. That's good. Start with that before you gamble money on the stock market or anything else. One of her big points is not being honest with yourself about how active you want to be. And I think that's a really good segue into talking about Robinhood versus a traditional brokerage like Charles Schwab. So it was a pretty easy experience to sell off my stock via Charles Schwab. For many years, I had the actual stock certificates, which apparently nobody has now. It's all digital. But back in the 80s, there were still such things as printed stock certificates, and I had some. So I turned those into the brokerage, and they digitized everything for me. (laughs) And they put it on their website, and it was very easy to go online, monitor the money. I had started the account with Charles Schwab with the idea that I would sell off the stock at some time in the next couple of years, which is what I did. And it was very easy to go online and to select how much I wanted to trade. I did about 50 shares at a time, and then I could select the purchase order amounts I, I don't want to, or the sell order amounts. I don't want to sell it below a certain price. So if it gets below that price, cancel the order. And I believe I paid about $8 a trade, So which at the time was pretty standard. I think it used to be more and then some company like Ameritrade or something was offering eight free trades a month. And so all the other brokerages kind of had to adjust to match or everybody would just go to the ones that were fr- that were cheaper. And it was pretty easy to do. It was all automated on their website. To compare, I've also found it very easy to purchase stock via Robinhood. So it was installing the app via something like the Google Play Store. Then I signed up, of course, for the username and the ID, and then they verify it with your phone number. Once all that's set up, I funded the account $100, and then I was ready to go. It took about a week before my money actually made it into the account, but up to $1,000, they will sort of float you that deposit. If your deposit has been initiated, you will have that money available immediately to trade, which is good, but it didn't really affect me because... Okay, so this is being recorded in May 2020. I purchased my stock, or I opened the account on May 8th. It was a Friday. I did not purchase my first stock until the following Thursday, the 14th, because I was that nervous. So I'd watched all these YouTube videos. I was reading articles on different company on Yahoo Finance. I had watched a video by a um, investor named Karina Funk, who is focused on companies that use sustainability as a major part of their company's um, financial goal, not just something like, oh, we use some wind power, we use solar. It's about how to how to turn the environment and their focus into like a, a competitive advantage. That's what she was going for. And so um, I made a list of those companies and started researching it. So I did all sorts of research. I was doing things, but I wasn't buying the stock. I was still very nervous. It, it was only $100 on the line for some people like myself. That's quite a lot of money. <laughs> for other investors, that's that's chump change. But it, as my first investment, it took a while for me to kind of really go for it. A while being a, almost a full week. Luckily, by the 14th, that was a very good time to buy. That was the best time since the stock market fell off a cliff back in March. So I was quite lucky. I I was looking at different stocks and I was able to find something in a very good deal, I feel. But I I should have got more, but I, I was a newbie investor. I was a little nervous. So what the Robinhood app does is they will have, a when you first turn it on, 
they'll have a bunch of lists there. So now I have three lists. I have stocks because I now have three stocks, the two that I bought and the one that you get for free. Then there's another list called my first list where they give you popular items like Apple and Twitter and Tesla. And then down below that, they have possible cryptos to watch. And then I created another list called possible stocks. And they made it really easy. You just search for either the company or the symbol name if you know it. And you're able to see details about that company. So I looked at a company called Middleby. That is one of the companies that Karina Funk recommended in her TED Talk. It's a company that makes energy efficient microwaves and reheating technology for the restaurant industry, which is having a rough year. So back on the 14th, the stock was at a very reasonable price, but I didn't go ahead and buy it because... I wasn't sure what would be happening with the restaurant industry, if that would be a good call or not. But I was able to add it to my list and I'll see how it goes. So once you click on the stock, it'll tell you the current price in red or green. It'll tell you if it's up from whatever statistic, if you're looking at the day, the month, the year, it'll tell you if it's up or down from the start price of that particular time period. It gives you other d uh, details like the 52-week high and the 52-week low, as well as whether that's a dividend stock and what percentage they pay. So all of this is very interesting and important. Below they've got an analyst's rating section, their first quarterly earnings, and then a little bit about the company down below, how many people it employs, when it was founded, and where it's located. So all that's particularly interesting. It's good information. So in terms of how easy it is to buy, the Robinhood app does make it very simple for you to buy. You can create different lists. I've not tested the maximum amount of lists, but right now I just have one list possible stocks. I'll probably break that down because I intend to buy stocks with a dividend, just like the PG&E stock my grandmother bought when I was younger. The big plan for me right now is to purchase these stocks now and then uh, over the continuing 20 years or so before I retire, to continue to buy these dividend paying stocks and then be ideally be able to live off just the dividends without having to sell the stocks in my retirement. In addition to other funds, if, if I end up with an employer with a 401k matching or, or a pension or anything like that. So this is just one income stream for retirement. So that is my plan. So I'll probably break off a new list and do a dividend list. Um, as well as other stocks to look at. I know there's different ways to invest. There's something on these stocks. When you scroll down, it'll have bulls say and bears say. I've heard the terms bull market and bear market. I don't exactly know what those mean as a beginning investor. I'm sure people will let me know in the comments. But what I gather from the quotes that these analysts are saying, the bulls are talking about the opportunity of a particular company, how they're how well positioned they might be in a particular market. The bears are a little bit more cautious and they speak about uh, how product might be unaffordable or a pricing strategy might uh, not fend off as much competition as they're hoping. So something like that. So there's you know a more conservative versus a more aggressive strategy, I guess. That part is interesting. One of the things I wish they had, especially for my possible stocks list is I would love for there to be a notification alert if I want to buy a particular stock say Aurora Cannabis I should have bought that on the 14th of May when it was trading about five dollars and thirty cents was their lowest price 550 was the average for the day really now it's trading at sixteen dollars just a week later so I can effectively buy much less stock for $45 last week, I could have bought, you know, almost almost nine stocks. And this week I can buy three. So it's a big difference. 
And as someone who started with $100 on this, I've bought two shares of Wells Fargo. So that leaves me with just over $50 to play with, really. So I'm limited in the number of stocks I can buy, and I'm limited in, in even which stocks I can look at. So those are some of the advantages and disadvantages of this particular app. I think they make it really easy to use. I like that I got a free stock just for signing up, so that was great. They have information up at the top about what my you know, portfolio of three stocks has been work worth over the past week. And it's gone up a little bit, which is great because I bought at a particularly advantageous point in the market. I didn't necessarily buy the best stocks for that. The Wells Fargo stock is lower than it's been for the past year, but over the past month, I guess. But anyways, it hasn't gone up so much in value that it's stunning like the Aurora Cannabis one. So I purchased the Wells Fargo stock because they pay 8% dividend yield, which as I understand it means that they'll pay 8% of the stock price as the dividend yield. So I only have um, two shares of stocks. I don't know if that comes into the average or not. I will research that and get back to you. So this is this is kind of where I'm at. I've purchased two stocks. I still have $54 left in my account or so to play with and I haven't purchased anything since so will I make a purchase a week <laughs> will I hold on to that $54 not making any interest um till uh, it for eternity because I'm scared to buy another stock hopefully not hopefully I will find something else that I like that I feel is in an advantageous place I'm going to spend some more time researching different companies I'm going to go back to different YouTube investors and probably some podcasters to find information as to how they pick their stocks, what kind of research they do. I do want to add an additional, because it's not hard enough already, right? I'm going to add an additional condition that I want to focus on stocks that I feel comfortable buying as far as the kind of industries that they're in and their type of environmental sustainability. I'm not really interested in purchasing a lot of oil and gas stocks. I know they pay really great dividends, and for some people, that's an important part of their portfolio. Weigh in in the comments if you think I'm a fool, but I'm not interested in supporting those kinds of industries personally, so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and not buy those kinds of stocks. I'm also a little skeptical of pharmaceutical stocks because they're making a profit off people's illnesses. They don't make a profit off necessarily people getting healthy, just staying sick and being treated with that medicine. I don't know that that is a, a popular opinion. Pharmaceutical stocks do pay a lot of money and they make a lot of money, but I don't know that that's an industry that I really want to support. So I, if you have any stock recommendations for a company that is very sustainable and ethical, I know that's kind of a topic going on there about how endowments like um, universities are investing their funds. People want to know that they are... Um, making money off of good conscious choices. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. Uh, either message me or put something in the comments. Uh, the Chit Chat Circus is on all of the uh, social media. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, all of the podcast streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, among them, as well as TuneIn, Anchor, and many more. So go ahead and take a listen to us there. Write a comment if you have a stock recommendation or a YouTube channel to follow or anything of the kind. Let me know if you use Robinhood or Webull or a traditional brokerage or a financial advisor. What is your takeaway from that? And how long have you used them? So I will probably make this a weekly series to follow up and let you know how I'm doing with my stock purchases, with my research. I'm going to get Deli involved and get her starting to invest too um, as 
a young woman in her 20s. She's coming at it from a very different perspective. You know, if she starts now, she'll be decades ahead of me by the time she's my age in terms of the security for her retirement. So anyways, weigh in in the comments. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Liz, your host of the Chit Chat Circus podcast and happy investing. Bye-bye.